change has never happened faster and blah, 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 blah. You're listening to The Occupational Philosophers with Simon Banks and John Rice. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Occupational Philosophers, a not-so-serious business podcast designed to spark curiosity, creativity and imagination, with a little bit of philosophy thrown in. And this is an in-between episode, a short, sharp burst of ideas and thoughts that myself and my co-host Simon have been musing on over the past few weeks. Simon, you've been musing on something and you've got a topic for today. I have. I've been musing about serendipity. According to the dictionary, John, the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happy or beneficial way, as in one may say, a fortunate stroke of serendipity. Now, we've dived into this a little bit before, but it's had me sort of thinking around. So serendipity of those things almost seem to happen by chance or a little bit of magic. Uh, I know it's a bit of a big word, but, you know, Dr. Jason Fox uses it. So all those, those sort of unexplained moments and really, I always think, so rather than looking for serendipity or when we get together, how do we create those moments of serendipity where those magical things can happen? So how do we prime the mind, prime the group, prime each other, whatever that may be? And so thinking, diving a little bit more into this, serendipity is not magic, but it actually, there's a few things that come to it. So let's dive into it dive into serendipity so well so serendipity far. so this would be that thing where you're thinking oh what i really need right now in my life is x you know i need uh, this kind of thing to happen for me and then that suddenly materializes so you might sort of be thinking about air fryers and then suddenly somebody comes along and says hey do you want to buy an air fryer and you go my gosh that's serendipitous that sort of thing to some extent, yeah, some extent. Maybe not so much the wishful what, thinking. What a, ter- what a terrible middle-class example. <laughs> Last night I was thinking about my Porsche, Porsche, and how the, the carpet was very stained, and you wouldn't believe it. All of a sudden I found a cleaner. <laughs> and, said, and the table, young man. <laughs> and the table and had been scratched, and then suddenly a French polisher turned up on my doorstep. How serendipitous. <laughs> so a little along those lines, but... It's almost if you, let's say you wander out in the street and you think these moments have happened today, where did they come from? Uh, And it's not as much chance as we might think. And I like this saying here, serendipity, not dumb luck, which is what we often think. We think, oh, that person, you know, dumb, stupid, always have good luck. Okay, mm-hmm. we might feel a little annoyed, maybe even. Might even be in their career. They seem to just you know, stumble into great yeah. jobs here yeah. there and everywhere. With no sort of ability whatsoever. We know who we're talking about, Simon, but we're not going to mention their yeah, names. Well, <laughs> stop looking at me like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, serendipity, not dumb luck, in fact, is an active process of recognising connecting dots. Now, smart luck is about seeing bridges where others see gaps than taking initiative and action. Uh-huh. So it comes down to initially this way of um, where we start to see. And why uh, be, being open to serendipity is important because you think we want to think, all right, let's, let's, you do your yearly planning. Let's plan and map the year. This is going to be like, I've got to plan on a page for the year ahead. However, that doesn't look at the intricacies of the year. So it's really important serendipitous mindset is being okay with those uncertain moments as well so we can leverage uncertainty things which come out of the blue which can also 
be part of our serendipitous mindset. I presume that means that you've got to have some clarity of what your intention is. So you might go out with a certain intention or desires or whatever, be clear on those and then be open then to things that might play into helping you realize those aims or intentions that you have. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to come to that because a little bit later, I'm going to talk around some things which handbrakes on allowing serendipity or serendipitous mindset, and that plays into it. Before we go any further, originally, John, let's go back to 1754. Its original meaning was very different from dumb luck. Horace Walpole retreated to a desk in his gaudy castle in Twickenham. Southwest London and penned a letter. Walpole had been entranced by a Persian fairy tale about three princesses from the Isle of Serendip who possessed superpowers of observation. In his letter, Walpole suggested this old tale contained a crucial idea about human genius. As their highness travelled, or highnesses travelled, I should say, they were always making discoveries by accident and sagacity of things which they were not in quest of. And he proposed a new word, serendipity, to describe this princely talent for detective work. At its birth, serendipity meant a skill rather than a random stroke of good fortune. Uh So here is where we move away from dumb luck into the space of being open and having a princely talent for detective work, Mm. which ties into this wonderful world of curiosity. So we might sort of be able to add to our sort of list of things that we're trying to encourage here, curiosity, creativity, and imagination. We might encourage people to have a serendipitous mindset. Yes, and there's some good books in that one I'll put in the show notes as well. And building on this mindset, there is a University of Missouri information scientist professor named Sandra Erdelay, and she has been doing studying in a quantitative and qualitative way to study about 100 people to find out how they created their own serendipity or failed to do so. And from her surveys and interviews, she found that subjects fell into three distinct groups. Number one, John, we have the non-encounterers, And they're the type of tight focus, only do things which are on my list. Yeah, we all do a little bit of this uh, each and every day, but they never would wander off into the margins. Other people were the occasional encounterers who stumbled into moments of serendipity now and then. That's as much information as I've got, but here's what I like. Most interesting were the super encounterers. A report of the happy surprises popped up wherever they looked. Now, the super encounters love to spend an afternoon hunting through, say, a old Victorian journal on sheep breeding, in part because they were counted on finding treasures in the oddest places. They are yeah. addicted to prospecting that they would find new information for friends or colleagues, etc. So you have the non-encounterers, you have the occasional encounterers, and you have the super encounterers. And the more of a super encounterer you are, the more serendipitous your life is, where great things and unusual uh, and creative things happen around you. So we're trying to encourage people to become more super encounters. Well, they might have to start by being occasional encounters, but nonetheless, (laughs) nonetheless, they can move towards being super. I mean, this is staying curious again, but this is now staying curious and 
joining dots as well, isn't it? Which is then is almost yeah. an essence of creativity. It's joining dots or finding things that join where something might not have existed before. This time in terms of events or people or things that cross your path and connecting them just in the moment. Yeah, and I was reading about it that everything's got sort of this world of string and these strings going out each and everywhere. You need to follow the string. Someone who did follow the string, Alexander Fleming, the discovery of penicillin in 1928 is regarded as a triumph of serendipity. Now, he's, you know, your Petri dishes, which we all played around with at school, of culture bacteria. This one I love. He hastily stacked them on a workbench while he went away on a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all do I love that. I think everyone's still organised. <laughs> quick, quick, get that shit done. Quick, stack them there. My, so they, my wife's always saying, for God's sake, make sure you wash the Petri dishes before we go away this week. <laughs> okay, dear. Or you could say, well, that side of dishes is an experiment, really. So <laughs> that's stacked up washing up. But anyway. <laughs> I'm allowing serendipity to happen. Who knows? <laughs> but they became in, contaminated with the bacteria-killing mould, which was at the heart of penicillin and his place in medical history. And other earlier discoveries, his antibacterial enzyme lysosome, came from similarly keen perception. So his level of perception and seeing things that wouldn't have necessarily been connected and his curiosity allowed him to be in those moments where we go, oh, those serendipitous moments, these great things happen, someone else would have looked straight past it. Yeah, indeed. And not had the moment of serendipity. So in that regard, he was able to take that event of leaving the Petri dishes there to come back to that and not just go, oh, I left the Petri dishes out again. <laughs> Clean this up again. Yeah. What am which, I you know, which would have been what most of us would have done. Oh, that's disgusting. And quickly sort of, yeah, stuck it in the dishwasher. He just went, wait a minute, something's interesting's happening there. Yeah, so he saw a bridge. Do you know what? Next, next time I go away, I'm going to not take the bins out. We're starting at a picture of like it's actually around being curious and being open to these things which happen. But there are some serendipity handbrakes which I want to uh, go through. And well, I've spoken about this before, and this this experiment has happened as the the unhappy butcher, the unhappy <laughs> butcher BBC documentary. But um, they reference the article I was reading: someone who thinks they're unlucky versus someone who thinks they are lucky, and the person who thinks they are unlucky misses all those chances that are in front of them. Ah, okay, yes, so they yeah. walk straight past yeah. the five pound note on the floor of the cafe. And they will miss the opportunity to maybe chat to someone really interesting and cool in the line with them when they're waiting for a coffee. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I do remember this. This is that classic thing where somebody then started having a chat with a guy in a coffee shop and they turned out to be the CEO of some big company and at the end of it invited them in for a job that they were looking for in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Along those lines where the person is unlucky. And then he would, because of that, you underestimate these positive unexpected things which happen and here's what all the reading i've done these things happen all the time so it's not so much around unexpected things so i think i'd say COVID, okay as an example uh like unexpected happens each and every day and we get all these things changes never happen faster and blah 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 uh but (laughs) so (laughs) unexpected things happen each and every day yeah okay so i like this one and this is something we've talked around you can look back on things uh hindsight bias 
or post-rationalization where we block out all the unexpected things that happened and we look at what's led up to this moment as a very linear way. So we approach it from a very logical way. So we block out all of those cool, weird, wonderful things which happen on the way and we go, ah, we, and then we want to rationalize everything. Yeah, well, and you get that sometimes where people have some success in some arena or whatever, and oh, yeah. luck never <laughs> plays into it. It was never luck that helped them in some fashion. They're just going, that's just sheer skill and effort, and I'm brilliant. Whereas actually, there's often some element of luck, but they've, as you say, they've kind of sort of pushed that off to the side and say, no, it's completely. You know. Turned it into a follow my seven steps model. <laughs> you become a zillionaire. <laughs> but the flip side of that is we look back also at the you know, what's the a genius and all that type of stuff yeah, you know yeah what makes up a genius and we want to bring that into our own seven steps and put it into oh we, if we do that this will happen but really these geniuses uh they're open to serendipity and making connections that other people can't so hey, i really like this why this fascinates me in this area be open to serendipity sort of like Hey man, the vibes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Try getting that across the line as though. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we gonna do? We're gonna sit everyone in a room, we're gonna make them <laughs> just look out the window and see what they see. Yeah, how much? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now I really we've spoken about this before. Uh functional fixedness, and this is you've got something but you're unable to see it as useful in another context. So you might have a hammer, but you can't see any way around that from doing something else so you might think it's only for banging stuff but you know could be for scraping something or yeah. you know opening a beer bottle or yeah throwing <laughs> yes and i think serendipity has to be mixed with that creativity for you to get the most benefit from this isn't it so serendipitous mindset keeping your eyes open and and finding opportunities for there to be seemingly luck lucky events happening, but then creativity as well to be able to make the most of that by saying, well, this thing happening now to this thing that's happening over here, how might I bring those together to get something brilliant out of that? And that takes a bit of creative thought as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like um, James Bond. You know, he could just find something like a pen and like it kill 40 people with it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's then, true. I was noticing that the other day. I like that in those films. You always see that bit where... Yeah, James Bond or Tom Cruise is that moment where they're getting yeah. pushed up against the wall and they're just about to pass out and they're looking around frantically and they see like a, an earbud and then they go, an earbud? <laughs> I can take them all on with this. Yeah. <laughs> and they just get the or, earbud just as they're about to pass out and then they suddenly sort of uh, take out seven people. Yeah. Or more like your, your previous bogan james bond like macgyver i'm not sure if you watched that show but he'd like find a bit of tin foil and a stick and like a, a red frog like a jelly bean and like make a bomb and you know save five people out of it and he'd like he'd, he'd same thing <laughs> and then and in america we called it the a-team yeah yeah it's oh same thing same yeah. area yeah <laughs> oh, a watermelon a candle and some sort of i don't know a and, a <laughs> and a welder and a cannon. that's it that's it save the world again yeah and i like i like this uh, around functional fixedness i've never thought this way people because they're a complex problem solver they put themselves in this space and they go okay so i'm going to solve this through a complex lens because of that functional fixedness they're not open to serendipity or that serendipitous mindset they might be a really simple 
easy way so we can get i really like that idea you can get stuck in your own cleverness and complexity yeah mm. so you think okay well, this is way i've got the brain capacity to do something much bigger and better here so you might ignore the simple option okay john i've been on a, a little bit of a long rant today hopefully i've drawn breath at the right time but this area is always interested me because it's a little bit of the unexplained but when you dive in there are some more explainable things and i hadn't thought it would be the case was right now wheelhouse where you know we talk about so if you can pick apart maybe two or three key points well <laughs> i think uh, no generally, well it's it's been really interesting because you're right we tend to think of it as something that just happens serendipity is just this a series yeah. of fortunate events rather than unfortunate series of events, Lemony yeah. Snicket style. But the idea there, though, is actually there is a bit of science to this, if you want. There is a way yeah. as a means of actually creating serendipity, which is quite exciting. And it seems to be just coming back to core themes of what we discuss here, which is keeping your eyes open, paying attention. Yep. And when you see stuff, not fixate on something, but actually say, what does this mean? What could it mean? What if I did this with this in those moments that you've spotted because you kept your eyes open? So I like the idea that we can actually develop the skill of having a serendipitous mindset. That's quite empowering. There you go. I think yeah. there's something really useful in that. We might have to add seren stay serendipitous on the tagline of the show. bit hard to say, but I reckon we can do it. <laughs> and what I like from reading through all of this is – chance stuff is happening around us 24 7 because the world changes so fast like chance encounters happen all day every day serendipity is are you open to them so this stuff is happening whether you want it or not you just need to almost be thinking well i'm going to tap into this stuff which is happening anyway or i'm going to stay in that sort of that let's say functional fixedness sort of bias type space where i just look at my list and that's all it is or do i wander out in the street just going hey just be a little bit open. And one of the key points from this was put your phone down as well, which we talk well, about a lot. Yeah. Same, I read that three or four times in articles. Just put your phone down and start to look up and about around. Yeah, and I suppose the, the last thing would be then, again, this is a not-so-serious business podcast, but taking that into organisations, I mean, that would be the encouragement to have people raise their eyes and actually look around at what's happening within the organisation and not take things as as a given actually look to sort yeah. of go look afresh at how they do things look afresh at how other teams work look afresh at how uh, they communicate all of these things and actually realize there's a lot of stuff that's not being tapped into that if they just uh, had their eyes up from the work for a moment they might open up some real possibilities that feels a really nice place to finish john as always first of all we'd like to do if you've made it this far, we'd love you to leave a little review for us because you leaving a review tells Apple that people like the show and then that pushes out to more people and it's good for us and all our vanity metrics and stuff and John and I feel loved and people like us. But no, seriously, deep down, we believe that a more curious, creative, imaginative world, a little bit of philosophy is a great world as well. So we'd love to spread the word and continue to get people to feel the vibes. But as always, as always <laughs> hashtag vibes. As always, John, what do we also want people to do? We want them to stay curious. We want them to make stuff. We want them to play more. We want them to have fun. We want them to stay serendipitous. 
<laughs> and I think this is this is the the wingman of Serendipitous as you head out the door today or tomorrow. Date life.